Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this offering. Bless it, sanctify it for your use. We pray that your blessing will rest on everyone who gave in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word of God? There's a scripture in, uh, I, don't, I don't remember, I think it's in Ephesians. It says that the, the principalities and powers in heaven are longing to hear the wisdom of God that comes through the churches. And I, I find it quite interesting that when we meet, it's not just us, but there are entities in heaven that are also waiting to hear the wisdom of God. So we are even more privileged, amen, to be seated at the feet of our one and only. By the way, those, by the way, those who missed um, the open heavens, I think is one of the biggest life mistakes you are making. Truly, truly, I, I just felt that, you know, it's a meeting that God answers prayer. Hallelujah. And I believe some of you were watching TV, cable TV and whatnot. But I just feel, gave an impression to just encourage you that for once a month to wait on God for four hours or five hours, I think it's worth it. Hallelujah. So I came to encourage you that please make it, an, uh, just put it on your calendar that once a month, you just go and wait upon the Lord. Because truth be told, many of us hardly pray at home. Hallelujah. Tell neighbor, next month, I, I want to see you there. Next month, I want to see you there. Amen. We have such a powerful and amazing time. Amen. Well, let's put our hands together and welcome Reverend to the pulpit to share the word of God with us. Amen. Hallelujah. I see miracles, signs and wonders. In the atmosphere, God is moving in this place. Come on. He's moving in this place. I see miracles, signs and wonders in the atmosphere. God is moving in this place. He's moving. He's moving. In I see miracles. I see miracles. God is moving, God is moving in this place. God is moving. It's moving. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Miracles. Miracles. The wonders. That preaching of the gospel. In the atmosphere. God is moving in this place. It's moving. Thank you. It's moving in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I see miracles. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for miracles. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for signs and wonders. Say it's moving. Thank you. It's moving. 
Hallelujah. You must believe in miracles. You must believe in signs and wonders. You must believe in the power of prayer. Father, we thank you. The Bible says, the entrance of your word bringeth forth light. Let light come. Let illumination come. Let healing come. Let deliverance come. Let forgiveness of sins be bestowed upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Thank you very much. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Honestly, I don't know why people don't come for open heavens. And honestly, because every testimony after testimony, I don't know why you want to live your life without prayer. I mean, it's, it's a difficult life. I honestly, you see, when the Bible, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said that, go and read the Bible. It says, sufficient. Please listen to me carefully. It says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Most people don't understand that scripture. I will explain it to you. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Most people don't understand that scripture. What he's trying to say, that scripture means that every day comes with enough evil. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the meaning of that scripture. Every rising day comes with enough evil. Sufficient of the day is the evil thereof. Yeah, it means as you wake up in the morning, the day has enough evil coming. That's what he means. Sufficient unto the day. What do you think it means? Yeah, it means every day there is enough evil released. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So as you wake up in the morning, the evil is waiting. So when John said that they may keep you from the evil, he said that to keep you from the evil one, he's talking about a people who, I'll give you a reason why we pray. Okay? Reason why we pray. Somebody wants to why do you pray? That's the, that's the reason. Because the day comes with enough wahala. So you must wake up and pray. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you will be overcome by the evil one. You will be overcome. Jesus Christ is sufficient unto the day. Is the evil thereof. That is why I even instituted a prayer meeting for which quite a, quite a few of you don't come. And please, you see, let me say, I mean, we wake up to pray. If for any reason you will sleep and snore, turn off your phone. You are not praying and you are discouraging other people from praying by your snoring. If you think you are tired and you cannot stay up, don't, 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 don't. Because it's so difficult to pray when, as you are praying, you hear somebody in the background. It's like a demon has been released. So please, if you cannot pray, just sleep. But I tell you, sufficient unto the day. Is the evil. That's the meaning of that scripture. It means that when you wake up in the morning, there's enough evil. So we need to pray. Hallelujah. So I challenge you. Pray. Wake up in the morning to pray. Wake up in the morning to pray. Don't sleep. Wake up to pray. Because there's enough evil. If in case you don't understand that scripture, that's what it means. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. It means the day is loaded with its own evil. Hallelujah.
So I want to see a praying church. I said, I want to see a praying church. I said, I want to see a praying church. Hallelujah. And wake up in the morning to pray and open heavens. I don't see why you want to stay home. Amen. So that is it. And then, um, Anakazo, we win souls. Hallelujah. All right. I think I'm about to preach, but I, I just want to give you the reason why we went out to win souls. Okay? The reason why we are wearing t-shirts to win souls. Okay? Ready? Go ahead. for all time What about others? Mm-hmm. He saved you and he saved me What are we doing for the others? Do you believe in dreams? The Holy Spirit dreams Thousands of men are running down the street. They didn't know that the road was leading to a steep and deadly place and into the lake of fire. What about others? He saved you and he saved me. What are we doing for the others? Multitudes, multitudes, multitudes always. In the valley of decision They're waiting They need to hear the gospel They don't know Jesus Christ They are lost and dying souls He saved you And he saved me He saved us for all time what about the others he saved you and he saved me what are we doing what are we doing for the others ask yourself this why do I sit and wait while millions go to hell their blood is on our hands it's time to preach the word the gospel of jesus in its pure and simple form is what is missing out 
from the church what are we preaching he saved you he saved me he saved us for all time what about others he saved you and he saved me what are we doing what are we question he saved you he saved me that's the question what are we doing for the others that's that's the question he saved you he saved me what are we doing for the others that is why Anakazo Sunday is a good Sunday and let's go out and win a soul amen and it should not only be done only on uh, this Sunday let it be your lifestyle be a soul winner be what? I say, be what? So we know. Save them and bring them to church. That's what he saved you. He saved me. What are we doing? Hallelujah. Fantastic. It's a question. So he saved you. He saved me. What are we doing for the others? Yeah. John chapter 5 verses 1 to 9 after this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at the certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. 
when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, Would thou be made whole? The important man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately, the man was made whole, took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Here ends the reading. I say here ends the scripture reading. Amen. This is a very common scripture we all know. At least you should know if you went to Sunday school. But this talks about the the many miracles that Jesus Christ did. This is one of the many miracles he did. The many healings he did. Last week I talked to you about the son of righteousness. The son of righteousness. Jesus Christ came with healing. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Jesus Christ came with what? Healing. And therefore, if you serve him and you follow him, you must always believe in healing. Hallelujah. He's the son of righteousness. Amen. That is why any great ministry on earth is characterized by healing. By the way, I hope you watch the Give Thyself Holy Conference. How many of you watch it? Yeah. If you don't watch, go and watch it. It was too fantastic. It was the only conference that I saw the president. The president, the president was trying to preach. He preached in both English and French. Politicians. What else? But one of the, thing, one of the highlights of this conference was the opening of the museum. Okay? Into research and missions and evangelism. Where the history of the church is being documented. You saw, and you see that all the people who were there, their ministry was scattered. Uh, Billy Graham, Bonke, Idahosa, Benny Hinn, Catherine Kuman, all the life statues of them. You see that they were characterized by miracles. Because the son of righteousness, he comes with healing in his wings. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So if you are a Christian, and you don't believe in miracles, then you are in the wrong religion. Ask your neighbor, do you believe in miracles? I said, ask your neighbor, do you believe in miracles? Say, do you believe in healing? What did they say? What did they say? So, in this story, the Bible says Jesus visited a place with many sick people. That's what it says. Many, important and hot. Do you understand? Many people were sick. And Jesus went there. And there were a lot of sick people. The blind, the hot, the maimed, they were all sick, lying all over the place. And as soon as Jesus got there, to their amazement, he healed only one guy. So what about the others? 
It was, he wasn't the only guy who was sick. A lot of guys were sick. But he goes there and heals only one guy and goes away. Amazing. And how many have questioned God that God, why not me? Several times. God, why not me? God, why them but not me? I mean, can you imagine how the others felt? We are all struggling here. You come here, you got the power to heal, and you touch this guy. What about us? Jesus Christ, this is racism. This is not fair. This is discrimination. If it was, it was in America, the ACLU would have risen up. <laughs> but no, 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 no. This is not fair. Jesus, is it because I'm black? <laughs> this is that and right. He can come here and only heal one person. That ain't right. That ain't not fair. I was here first. That's a good one. Listen, Jesus, just in case you don't know, this guy jumped the queue, man. I was here first. <laughs> he healed. Only one person. And walked away. Hmm. Only one. Amazing. You know why? You want to know the answer? You want to know the answer? How many are interested to know the answer? Go, go, let's go to verse 19. Verse 19 has a key. Verse 19, the same verse. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Very rarely I say unto you, The son can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth the father do. For whatsoever things he doeth, this also the son likewise do. The son can do nothing. The son can do nothing. You are questioning why I heal him. I didn't heal this one. It is not my right. The father heal it. I am just doing what the father wants to do. Now. So if you want the answer, why, why not me? That's your answer. The father has, the father decides. He said the son can do nothing. If you think, I mean, I, when I entered the place, the father told me to heal this one. That's why I healed this one. The father did not tell me to heal this one. <laughs> the, the, you see, I'm teaching you, you see, understand it. It is the prerogative of the father. Then, Reverend, if the father has to do whatever, then there's no point. No, that's, the, that's the point. If the father chooses what he does, there's no point. There's a point. The point is, the father chooses what he wants to do. Jesus is doing only, Jesus is doing only what the Jesus is doing only what the father instructs him. Jesus is doing only what the father instructs him. But you can get your case to the father by your faith, so that your case can come forward, so that Jesus will heal you. You didn't get it. Did you get it? Jesus only does what the father tells him. But you can bring your case to the father, so that he can tell Jesus. And bring your stress. That is where your faith comes in. So you have faith. 
You believe in God. And as you believe in God, the just shall live by faith. Your case can't strengthen you. Your case is pushed further. The Father tells Jesus Christ, okay, he's next. That is why you need to have faith. So your faith is what pushes your case forward. The just shall live by faith. Amen. So don't have this, oh well, cast Sarah, Sarah. If God wants to heal me, you will do. No, bring your case forward. What is written is written. Diagrapha, diagrapha. No. You can bring your case forward by your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Whatever the father do it. That's what I do. Amen. That is why you need to be. See, I'm talking about prayer and faith. Have faith. I mean, don't you think that people gathered up for five hours? They were praying to be on the side of David. And you were snoring in your room. But whose case will come forward? What we're talking about, are you, whose side are you? The side of David. That God helped thee. And you were just watching cable TV. Whose side are you? Are you surprised your case doesn't come forward? Hallelujah. You know, this guy had been there for, how long, how long has he been there for? I said, how long has he been there for? How long has he been there for? 38 years. Listen, I have a word for somebody. Your case is not too old. I said, I have a word for somebody. Your case is not too old. I said, your case is not too old. I said, your case is not too old. I mean, 38 years. The guy probably told like, it's over. But it's not. It's not. God can do anything at any time. That is why you don't have to, that is why you have to keep on believing your case is not too old. Your case is not too old. 38 years, your case is not too old. Hallelujah. So sometimes I find it amazing when I see believers who gives God an ultimatum. Hey God, if you don't move by this year, I am done. Please! Stop giving God an ultimatum. God, if I don't marry this year, the church have stopped. <laughs> yes. God, listen to me. Either you move or I move. If you don't marry this year, I'm going to have a baby. I don't care. I just need a spell to have a baby. I'm dead. If I, have a, I don't want to hear Reverend says mouth. I don't want to hear again. I'm gone. Please. No. Hey, God, if you don't give me a job this year, I quit. You are giving God an ultimatum. Let me tell you something. He is the I am, I share I am, the I am that I am. He can move at any time. Your case is not too old. 38 years he came through. Your case is only two years. And some, some of you is 18 months. And you are giving God an ultimatum. But let me tell you something. I came to tell you that nothing is too old for God. Nothing is too difficult for God. He will come through at the right time. I said he will come through at the right time. Keep on believing. One day your father will come on top. The son of righteousness, he will heal you. I said the son of righteousness, he will heal you. He keep on believing. Yeah. Believe it. Son of righteousness. He will heal you. 
I mean, the amazing thing is that the guy's problem was older than Jesus Christ. <laughs> have you thought about it? Have you thought about it? Have you ever thought about it? The guy's problem began even before Jesus was born. <laughs> Can you tell me this? You haven't thought about it. That his problem was he was 38 years old. Jesus Christ was 33. So even before Jesus Christ was born, he had a problem. <laughs> so what I'm trying to tell you is that you see, you see, no, 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 no problem is too small. God can use somebody even younger than you to solve your problem. Yeah. Yes. The guy's problem was older than Jesus Christ. Years older than Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? So, what I'm saying that sometimes your solution can come from someone who is younger than you. So those of you who say, I'm not a small boy, you can't talk to me that way. Sometimes you need a small boy to talk to you that way. So you'll get your answer. <laughs> hey, what a word. I said, what a word. You see, some of, you, see, some of you oh, listen to me. I'm not a child, okay? You can't talk to me that way, you know? You, you probably need someone to talk to you that way. Because <laughs> that's where your solution lies. Yeah. The problem was older than Christ. But he had a solution. Yes, that's, I like that. Thing. The problem was older than but he had a solution. So if you are into this, our age, I'm older than this, I can't listen to you, you can miss your solution because somebody younger has the solution. Maybe, maybe the reason why you don't have a job because somebody younger has a solution. You simply don't know how to put a resume, but the college student know how to put a resume. Just go and let humble yourself and let the boy teach you. Even though he may sound arrogant, let him teach you so that you can get a job. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. Yep. I was older. Then the Bible says, Jesus Christ get to this guy. I find one of the most interesting questions. Go back, go back to our scripture. Verse number six. It's very interesting. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Would thou, would thou be made whole? I find it one of the most interesting questions. Will thou be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Will thou? I am sure if the guy was Natasha, he would have said, excuse me? <laughs> what, what do you think I'm lying here for? <laughs> huh? You think, uh, uh, you think I don't like my bed? What is it? Excuse me? Yes, excuse me? Get up, man. You think, you think, you think I have nothing to do? You, what, what, say it again. What kind of question is that? <laughs> Give her a microphone. Yes. What would I say this? 
kind of question that man? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> what? What kind of question that? <laughs> what kind of question that? <laughs> Excuse me? I think I'll be lying out here. For 38 years, you are asking me? You see, you see, but you see, I can give you the reason why. You see, if you are experienced in life, you will know that you don't give things to people because you think they need it. Ask if you're experienced. If you're experienced in life, you don't just give things to people because you think they need it. Yeah. If you're experienced. Because you will, because you see, even, and there's a reason, because Jesus Christ wants to make sure because maybe even though the guy is sitting down, the guy is more interested in getting money than being healed. So he has to trouble check. <laughs> he has to double check to make sure that maybe the guy is interested in as he's using his condition to get money. Because people give and give him arms. He's, he's probably filed for SSI. The guy has filed for disability. I'm preaching. So you are here trying to get a guy a job. Trying to restore him. He's interested in the SSI more than getting a job. <laughs> because he is interested in the SSI supplementary income. I mean, he's happy with that condition. That is why he needs it. That's why he's lying down. So you want to give him healing, but he wants SSI. So you have to make sure. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm talking about. So, you know, and I said, baby, get patients, they come to the clinic. The child, the child is breathing, coughing. <coughs> so, just a code. No, no, you got asthma. <laughs> you say, you say, no, it's not asthma. Whereas you, would you like your child to have asthma? Uh-huh. You pray it away. But you want your child to have asthma? We saw it's a good no no. You know you know you, you you're not a good doctor. You're a good doctor. He got asthma. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because by the diagnosis of asthma, now you can feel a form. So if you can get a free electricity, because the child has asthma, you cannot cut off the electricity. Because when you can, the child cannot use the nebulizer, which can die. So the asthma gives him free PSCNG bill. By diagnosis of asthma from today, she will not pay electric bill again. <laughs> I'm teaching you. Yeah. That, they're interested in that condition because that diagnosis means that a lot of benefits. Free electricity. Free car. It, it, because, because once the child has asthma, when they don't even pay the electric bill, you cannot cut it. You never knew that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not all of them. But what, what, is it not, not, what am I trying to say? That? So before you offer something to somebody, double check. Jesus Christ wants to make sure 
Well, there are some people you want to help, you give them your best, and you'll be amazed that they don't like it. They will slap you. They don't want the help. That is why it is a mistake to give your love to somebody who doesn't want your love. I'm preaching. You carried your heart and you gave it to him, but he didn't like your heart. He didn't like your love. You gave him your love, but he threw your love away. That is why your heart has broken. Because you see, when you carry your heart to something, and instead of the person holding, the person drops it. It breaks. So broken heart means that you gave your heart to somebody and he dropped it. <laughs> yeah. I'm preaching. Yeah. So Jesus wanted to be sure. Will, you, will that be made whole? I have come to learn by experience. Never offer anything to somebody because you think they need it. You will be surprised how they will. Yes. You would think that oh, this person needs a job. Or this person needs a house. Or this person needs advice. A special advice. Don't throw advice to people who don't like it. Never. Never throw your advice to people who don't want it. You go and say that, oh, I think he's not a good guy. You'll be careful about him. Say, hey. Did you know what Reverend said about you? That I should be careful about <laughs> Uh, yeah. I hear me. So he asked him, would, would you? Just to be sure. Just to be sure. Would you? Just to be sure. Hallelujah. Yeah. Would you? Well, of course. What was the guy's answer? What was the guy's answer? Sir, I have no man. Sir, would you want to be made whole? He says, oh, Sir, I have no man. Would you want to be made whole? He says, oh, Sir, I have no man. Sir, I have no man. Sir, I have no man. Really? You have no man? What happened to his relatives? What happened to his wife? What happens to the children? What happens to his family? No man. No man. No man. And that's how life is. That's how human beings are. As your problem develops, suddenly everybody withdraws. I'm sure the first year they were visiting him. The second year they were visiting him. The third year. Mm, every other weekend, you know. By the fifth year, uh, no phone calls. Okay, well, we can visit. Hmm. By the tenth year, the wife said, Look, you know, I have to move on. You know, the way the house is, I have to, I have to take off some of the bills. Since this man across is interested in me, <laughs> Since this man is interested in me, it's, it's, not a, it's not because I don't like your dad, but you know, we have to leave. <laughs> Life must go on. So now the wife has now found another man. I have no man. 
You are looking at the I'm not telling you a fairy tale. You get sick chronically. You'll be surprised if your wife can leave you. 38 years. I know people who their husbands travel for two years. They don't get a visa. They change. Every time I'm saying it's... it's, it's. I know people, the, the, the husband travels, leaves the wife behind. They try to get a visa first year, second year, third year. By the fifth year, As you don't have a visa, he has found a new girl in Brooklyn a long time ago. <laughs> Married. I am preaching true stories. Uh, don't, 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 yes. Why do you think he said, I had no man? I had no man, yes. Because everybody has disappointed me. As time passed by, people abandoned you. Sad. I have no that's why he's not a woman. I have no man. That, that's what he is. I really have no man. Yeah. What, what, what did, where were his parents? Maybe, maybe his parents are dead. Because being 38. So maybe his parents are dead. But I'm sure his wife found another man. His children, uh, how long can we continue? His friends, they left him early. I have no man. I have no man. You see, what I'm trying to say, life is not like a soccer game. Okay? I'm preaching. Life is not like a soccer game. In a soccer game, when one player gets injured, they blow the whistle <laughs> and the game stops. Once there's an injured, play, injured person on the field, the game stops until the injury is taken care of. Then the game continues. But life is not like a soccer game. In life, you can get hurt. Life does not stop. The fact that you are hurting does not mean people are stopping for you. People are moving on. The fact that you are hurting does not mean that people are stopping for you. They are moving on. So the earlier you bring in a miracle and get up and move on because people will not wait for you, I tell you. Preaching. Because it's not a soccer game. The fact that you are bleeding, you are hurt, does not mean that people are waiting for you. That is why you have to be like David. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From hence cometh my help. My help cometh from God. You better lift up your eyes and receive some divine help so you can move on because people will not wait for you. They will move on. Yeah. Look, the father you are crying. That's not mean everybody is crying, no. Hey, Father, you are crying. That's not me. Look, that is why one of the amazing places to be is at funerals. When you go to funeral, only few people are sad. Only few. Especially the one in the Bronx. Bronx funeral, only few people are sad. <laughs> I'm preaching. I say when you go to a Bronx funeral, only few people are sad. Very few. People have come down with their shoulder, your shoulder, their breast, they are working out in their blood. Other people are looking for a husband, they have a motive for being at the funeral. Everybody. <laughs> hey, bro's funeral. <laughs> I'm preaching. Everybody has a motive at being at the bronze funeral. Bronx funeral. I'm preaching true. Very few people are sad. Very few people are really sad and crying. People are there with their motives. Show your shoulder. Listen, these guys have come with the, they, they've wear their shorts and they, they, their beard and they, they have gone to the gym and pump. So when they put the cloth, their muscles are showing and they, ah, they have it. 
I'm preaching. Why do you think? I mean, on the day of the funeral, that's where they, they go to the gym, they pumped, cut their hair, trim their beard, and put Vaseline. When they put the clothes, they are shining and they are walking around. Not everybody is sad. I'm telling you, they are there with their reason. Yes. People are there for their own reasons. People are there for their own reasons. Not everybody is sad. There are few people, money. people have different agendas. Yeah. Have come, people have come to party. So to some is party. Yes. Uh-huh. I don't come with compliments. Selling insurance companies and mobile phones. And by the way, why, why would you buy a mobile phone from an individual? Why don't you? Why do you? I sometimes don't understand people. AT&T is there, but I team. Why do you want to go and buy a private mobile phone? Since when did you see the person has a phone tower? <laughs> <laughs> man, be careful, man. People have come, they are sharing complimentary cards. Everybody has a motive for being at the Bronx Sunra. Bronx Sunra, I'm talking about because I've been there before. <laughs> Business. Networking. Hey, people have come. See them. They wear their sleep, then they, they, their shoulder is showing somewhere. Then they, they drop their. Sister. I mean, if you are mourning, why is your breast? Is your breast also, what? Your, what? Does, <laughs> I mean, the breast is also mourning. <laughs> what does what does your breast going to do with the morning? I mean, think about it. I mean, in real morning. In the Bible times, they wore ash cloth and tested. they were all covered in the morning. I mean, our breast is morning too. The boobs are crying. <laughs> I didn't say it. She said it. He said, as you are walking there, the boobs are crying. Touch me. Touch me. <laughs> hey, let me preach. <laughs> <laughs> Let me preach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's not second much. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So the guy said, Say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. You see, let me tell you something. Which is, which is, which is true. See, life without help is difficult. Sometimes you need a little push. Sometimes a little encouragement. Sometimes a little advice. I mean, most people have, did not achieve their potential because there was no help. If only somebody was to pay that fees, you would not be where you have been. Life without help is difficult. Some people have to cut their career short because there was nobody there. Life without help is difficult. I say life 
Yes. All of us, you need a little push. Look, we all, you need somebody. Sometimes you just even need a shoulder to lean on. Sometimes something to comfort. Sometimes, sometimes even a friend. Someone to talk to. All that you are asking for is somebody that you can talk to. Because life without help is difficult. There may be so much potential in you. And all that you need is a little push. Yeah. A shoulder to lean on. A friend to trust. I, 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 I've, I've even been told that some people, I mean, they are so lonely around the holidays, nobody even hugs them. All they need is just a hug. Yeah, just a hug. Sometimes, oh, a hug. Just somebody, somebody, sort of a shoulder to hug on. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. Because you see, sometimes all that you need is a little help. Because a man, a little help, he would have gone long ago. Say, I have no man. Nobody to talk to. Nobody to trust. Nobody to help. Nobody even to give me a place to rest my head for a few days. Say, because all that you need. Because life without help it's difficult. Say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. Yeah. Yeah. I know people that have been told who, who are so lonely during the holidays because all they need is a hug. Yeah. And you come to church and you get free hug. Free hug. Sometimes even too much. You take it for granted. People are begging to be hugged. Yeah. You go to the hospital, people are admitted. Nobody comes to visit them. Yeah. Say, I have no man. Listen to me. We all need help. I say we all need help. That is why nobody in this church should be and I walk alone. Nobody in this church should not lack at least a fellowship, a friend. I always tell that much. I always tell you guys, you can talk to me at any time. You don't need to make an appointment. Say, I have no man. Because sometimes all that, sometimes all that the person is a little advice. A little counsel. A little prayer. Something like an ear. So, you see, sometimes, sometimes even when people are talking to me, they, they are not even looking for an answer. But just a listening ear. That somebody is at least listening to me. That's what they need. That's all. They are not even expecting you to even give them a solution. But the fact that somebody listen. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Say, I have no man. Look. If you look at it in the context of this story, his lack of breakthrough was because of no man. Because if he had somebody, he would have been carried him to the pool. So sometimes you, have, you haven't experienced your miracle because you have no man. 
Yeah. You have not achieved your potential because you have no man. You have not got where you are supposed to be in life because you have no man. But uh, may God give you a man. May God give you a help. I say, God help you. Say, I have no man. That is why I say that, look, sometimes just a little talk, a little counsel, a little comfort. Just be there. Even, even what the person is saying is nonsense. The fact that you are listening makes a difference. That's all. Some people come, all that they need is a hug. In fact, why did you get up and give three people a hug? If that's what they need. I need you. Just hug somebody. I need you. You need me. We are all out of family. Stand with me. Agree with me. We are all a part of money. It is his world that every need Tell the person, I'm there for you. I am there for you. You can count on me. I need you. I need you to survive. Sing it, I need you, my God. You need me. Tell the person, I'll be there for you. You can call me. You can count on me. I will stand by you. Oh, yes, Lord. Agree with me. Trust me. You can tell me your problems, oh God. I need you, oh God. Oh Jesus, oh God. I pray for you. some precious things on your heart too. You know, that's what I need. Somebody that you can trust. Somebody that after you told the story, it will not be bad mouth in every corner. You are just looking for a trusted friend. Somebody you can share something that is bothering you too. And know that, look, this thing will remain here. That's all. Just that this will remain here. Can I, ask your neighbor, can I trust you? 
Can I trust you? Can I trust you? <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. Yes, yes. Somebody saw you. You download your parents onto. Not that. You know, somebody that you can download your, your issues to and know that it will stay there. Know that as soon as you download, it goes viral. <laughs> Everything you download now goes viral. Yes. Say it again. Yes. But okay, you, you just need somebody just to download and pray that this will stay on this website alone yes. and not go viral. Say, <laughs> I have no man. Listen to me. I'll tell you something. Church is not an airplane. Okay? Why do I say so? When you get on an airplane and you sit on a flight, most of us can fly from one destination to another without talking to the person next to us. Do you know that? When you sit on a flight, you can fly from one day without talking to the person. There's no need to communicate. But this church is not an airplane. This is the house of God. I said, this is the house of God. I need you. You need me. Put your hands together for the Lord and be seated. Yeah, hallelujah. Say, I have no man. You see, but it gets sweeter. Go back to verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem to a feast. There was a feast. There was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Next verse. Now there was a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethsaida. Having five portions. There was a feast. There was a party. And Jesus went to the party. And, 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 and historians tell me that when you go to Jerusalem, one day you go there. I say, when you go to Jerusalem? She said, I'll shut I'll be there. I said, when you go to Jerusalem? You see, this, this, is the, this is the scene. In Jerusalem, when you go, there's the temple, okay? The temple with all the uh, church things and the ornaments and everything. And this place, Bethsaida, is just behind. It was just behind the temple. That close. That's why he walked there. There's a temple. But just behind the temple, that close was a pool of sick people. Important. So listen to me. As there was a feast going on, everybody was happy. Everybody was happy, having a good time. There was a party. People were happy. They were shouting and were jumping. But Jesus knew that behind the church, people are in need. Right behind the church. He knew that right in the behind the church, as people look happy here, just down the block, people are in need. Just down the road. Others are dying. Others are in need. That somebody in pain. So the Bible says, so uh, uh, go back to verse 1. You know, he left after this. 
He went to Jerusalem. And then verse 2. He left. So he sneaked out after the party. Because he knew that as everybody's happy, having a good time behind, people need him. He sneaked out. He sneaked out. He sneaked out. So, what am I saying? The man said, Say, I have no man. Say, I have no man. Say, nobody is interested in me. Say, nobody cares about me. Say, I've been abandoned to your faith, which is the story of many. Nobody is interested. Nobody cares. Everybody is going about their own business. But there's one person who cares. His name is Jesus. There's one person who cares. His name is Jesus. He always cares. Say, nobody's interested in your marriage. Nobody's interested in your child. Nobody's interested in your job. Everybody seems happy. They don't know the pain you are going through right next to you. You see, you can be close to somebody, but you are very far because they don't know the pain inside. Next to the, next to the temple, right there behind, there was a people, there was, there was a party here, but people were dying here. Yes, I'm sure you're having a good time in the, in the, in, there was a feast. But right there. Yeah. There's a friend who's still closer than a brother. He knows your pain. He knows your trouble. That is why he could leave the party because he knew that right behind there, people are in pain. Yes, people may not regard you. People may not care for you. People may leave you to your faith. But I tell you, there's one who cares. There's one who knows. There's one who loves you. His name is Jesus. Yeah. He left. He left the party. Because he knew. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets even more interesting. Can you believe? Listen to me carefully. Can you believe that when he healed the guy, Okay? Jeff, come. This guy has been lying down here all the time. Important. People are having a good time. They know him. 38 years, of course, people must know him. Can you believe that when he healed the guy, he said, rise up and walk. And the guy carried his mat because he was lying on the mat. And he carried his mat. And he was going. Can you believe that the Pharisees have the audacity? They have audacity to Why are you carrying your mat on a Sabbath? Can you believe it? Not, not, they are not interested in his healing. They are not interested in his breakthrough. They are not interested in, 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 in his miracles or his well-being. They are interested in legalities to always put him down. Why am I carrying my mat? Didn't you see me lying down over the years? What did you do? Why am I carrying my mat? Why am I carrying my mat? Why am I carrying my mat? You see, let me tell you something. Whether you like it or not, people are interested in your problems more than your solution. 
People are interested in your problems more than your solutions. That is why more people come to your funeral than your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Believe the question they ask. Why are you carrying me smart? Why are you rejoicing? Why are you living here? Why are you working at this place? Why are you why 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 are you getting married at this time? Why 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 why? Didn't you see me? Why are you working here? Why are you why are you asking me? Were you interested in me when I was lying down there? Now you are questioning me. It, it goes to, you see, scripture goes to reveal people's attitude. They are happy in your downfall. Very few people are happy in your prosperity. Yeah. Why? Why are you driving this car? Why am I driving this car? When I was walking on the bus, didn't you see? I'm preaching. Why are you driving? Why am I driving this car? Why are you living in this? Why are you living in this house? Why? Why am I living here? Hey, why are you getting married? Why am I getting married? Idiot! Why am I getting married? <laughs> I mean, and, and, and sometimes you have a funny way. Well, this thing that you are doing, do you think you can afford it? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Hey, don't you think you are, um, don't you think you are going a bit overboard with this new thing that you are doing? You have to take your time. Oh, shut up! When I was down, you were not interested. Now you are come to advise me. Why? The Pharisees. Thank you. But I like the guy's answer. I like the guy's answer. I like the answer he gave them. He said, look, listen to me, guys. He told the Pharisees, listen to me. The same guy. Read us. He said, the same man who, tell me to, who told me to rise up. The same told me to carry my mat. You have a problem? Go ask him. <laughs> That's it. Yes. He said, so far as I'm concerned, whether there's a law or no law, I couldn't care less. The guy that when I was down, he said, I should rise up. And, and I stood up. He was the one who told me to carry my mat. You got a problem? And sometimes that's how you have to, you have to do it, Pharisees. I say sometimes, yes, yeah. He, he answered that. He that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. That's so, that's so. You got a problem, just go. And sometimes that's how you have to answer some people. Because they are so skeptical, they are not interested in your prosperity. You have to tell them, look, you got a problem with my prosperity? <laughs> so, that's what I told him. That's what I said, look, you're going to ask me, why am I walking, carrying this thing? The same guy. Go ask him. The same guy. And sometimes that's the answer you need to give to some people. To silence them, look. Are you going to ask me why am I living here? You're going to ask me why am I living here? Why am I driving this car? Go, for, you go ask. 
because people are always interested in your downfall than your prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I love Jesus. I say I love Jesus. You see, he knew. As people were having a party, and people were enjoying, he knew that down there, some people are in pain. He knew that down there, somebody's hurting. He knew that down there, somebody has a situation. Hallelujah. So even though he said, I have no man, he had Jesus. I say, even though he said, I have no man, no man may care for you, but Jesus cares. I say, no man may care for you, but Jesus cares. I say, no man may care for you, but Jesus cares. People don't know about your condition. They don't know about your situation. They, even though you are laughing, they don't know the pain you are inside. But Jesus knows. That is why I stand up to your feet. He said, He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows. Yes, he knows. He knows my every Yes, there was a party in the church. Everybody was happy. But he knows. He knows. The man said, I have no man. But Jesus knows. He knows. People may not be interested in your marriage, but he cares. They are not interested in your child, but he cares. Oh, Jesus. Father, my God. He knows that yes, he sees. The world may never know. The world may never understand you. But he knows. He knows. He knows you as an individual. He knows you as a person of God. He will never. He will never leave you again. Jesus knows. He 
moves and he casts. He moves and he casts. He moves and he casts. He moves. He moves and he casts. 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 My God. Listen to me, church. People may not care. People may have given up on you. Because you have been dealing with this problem for too long. That people are even tired. They are tired of hearing it. People are simply tired of hearing the problem. Nobody seems to be interested in it again. This morning, or rather this afternoon, there is somebody who knows and he cares. He knows and he cares. He knows and he cares. He knows and he cares. The Bible says, was the way everybody was, everybody was having a good time. Everybody was having a good time in the temple. He sneaked out because he knew somebody out there is in pain. We all may be laughing. We all may be chatting. But you only know the pain that you are in. People have even abandoned you. Nobody is interested. But this afternoon, there's a healer here. There's a savior here. There's, a, there's, there's one who cares. He cares. He knows and he cares. Father, I pray for anyone here who is stuck in a situation. Anyone who is stuck in a situation, somehow he or she feels abandoned. Somehow he or feel, she, he or she feels neglected. Somehow he or she feels no one cares anymore. If you are the one, lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. If you are the one, lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for the hands that are lifted up. Feel abandoned. Feel that people don't care anymore. But this afternoon, we lift up our hands before you. Jesus, you are the healer. Jesus, you are the healer. Jesus, you are the deliverer. Jesus, you are the provider. Thank you. That you care. You know and you care. And Father, I release a miracle into their life. I release a miracle into their life. As they lift up their hand as a sign of faith, may their case come forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. He knows my name. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You are here. You are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Please, no movement, please. This is the hour of salvation. 
you are not born again you are not saved for a brief moment lift, lift up your hand and I'll pray for you just lift up your hand and I'll pray for you lift up your hand please you want to give your life to Jesus Christ you are not saved it's very important Father we thank you for salvation in Jesus name Amen put your hands together for the Lord and be seated yeah. Hallelujah. Your education cannot stop it. Your family background cannot stop it. Your paycheck cannot stop it. Your ascent cannot stop it. The only thing that he respects is the blood. They overcame him by the blood. This morning I talk about the blood and eternal life. And as you come for communion, believe that the blood gives you power to overcome. Amen. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.